What are your thoughts on reparations, Brennan? I feel like uh, we're reparations. Um, if a state or the government is just going to give it away to, let's say, you know, people of color, and I'm not saying we don't deserve it or whatever the case may be, but. Which, by the way, I was at this, you know, here in South Florida, there, not even 60 years ago, there was separate beaches for, for colored people and white people. There was, which to me is crazy. 60 years ago, you know, my parents grew up with that. Your parents grew up, which is crazy, by the way. So anyway. Yeah, yeah. We wouldn't even be sitting here right now. No, it wouldn't. It's at all. It's crazy. So yeah. Um, but yeah, my thing is this. If you give someone that is ignorant, and I'm saying we're not ignorant. I'm talking about knowledge. If you get someone that may be ignorant about information, uh, that may be uneducated on financial literacy, that may not have discipline, that money's just going back to the government. So it's I'm going all, straight to the top. So you're going to give me the 100K, and I'm going to go wild out. I'm going to buy some cars. I'm going on some trips. I might quit my job. Um, I might buy some jewelry. I might just spend money on lavish restaurants. I'm going to just spend the money. I might save some. Spend the money. That money's going right back, and they know it's going right back. Which, so, by the way, is the same damn thing that happened with all the COVID relief. 100%. Money went straight and went Amazon. Went, went, yeah, that money went right back, right? So an interesting conversation um, that I had on an Entrepreneur Exposed podcast, shout out to uh, Business Builder Bees. You, you should definitely have him on your podcast. You should probably go on his joint too. Um, he was talking about the um, idea of being able to take or purchase your reparations, right? And what I mean by that is um, having financial literacy knowledge, having some discipline, understanding uh, business, and getting um, the information of mergers and acquisitions, um, which is an amazing book um, that I just started reading. Um, why uh, white guys have why I think it's called why why do white guys have all the fun something like that. Why white guys have all the fun. yeah why white guys have all the fun. It's basically, all the fun. By the way. Yeah, it talks about it talks about how you know. Um, um, you know, a black man in the late 80s, early 90s was able to, to basically control a, a $1 billion um, business portfolio, right? And I say that to say this, if you're poisoned in position, there's a lot of, you know, um, you'll say baby boomers that have businesses that maybe started in the early 1900s or, you know, 1940s, 1960s. They're getting a little older, up in age. Their descendants are not necessarily wanting to take that family business over. They don't necessarily want their legacy to be just gone, right? They may want that business to carry on. So if you can start learning uh, more about those situations, how I can acquire a business that's already cash flowing, so you're buying cash flow and you're operating from the I quadrant, so you're not running the business. The business might already have employees, it's been operating for 30, 40 years, you're just owning it, right? It might already have a CEO, might have a manager already, Right. And you might even be able to add to it by increasing the top line because they may not have a social media presence, may not have a YouTube presence. They might met, they may not even be doing email marketing. They might just have a steady cash flow with how they've been doing it for the past 20, 30, 40 years. And you're now able to bring in some technology um, and then kind of make the business a little bit more current with, with the times. Add some top line revenue to it. And maybe I can learn to purchase that business 
and I could take my reparations as opposed to just be giving something and not really have the knowledge to to really support. What am I going to do with 150000 if I don't have financial literacy? You spend it. And I'm not just, wait, I'm going to spend all the money. So, so how do you actually make, how do you actually make that work, right? Because I agree. I yeah. think just giving people something for nothing yeah. is a bad incentive structure. 100%. You know? Yeah. So and we were talking about this before, you know, when I would go, I haven't done this recently, but when I would go and teach to high, teach high schoolers about finance, teach high schoolers about insurance, not, not ever once, not a one has ever said they knew what a credit rating was. I'll say, does anyone know what a credit yeah. rating was? No one ever knows. Yeah. You know, so like, how do you actually give people this, the, the right incentive yeah. while also making good on the American dream? You know, it, I think this is, and I, cause I, like I said, I think that it's completely backwards. Cause if you give someone, I think San Francisco is talking about giving each, each African-American or, you know, a hundred uh, or a million dollars or something like that, $2 million. I got to look at it. I didn't even know what the number was. It's a, it's, an, it's a staggering amount, right? But you have to qualify and you, but then your money, you know, but then they spend all the money. It's going back. They're just going to be even more angry. You're going to be more in debt too, because you're going to be taxed on that money too. Yeah. So you're, I, I just think you leave people in even worse spot than you were before. Yeah, you're not, that work. Yeah, Cause they're not giving you the money in like, like a blueprint. They're not giving you the money in like instructions what to use the money. So, you know, uh, earlier in the podcast, you were just talking about some things I would do. So I would definitely find a coach or a mentor, someone that I know that is successful, and I would see what made them successful. So I would get some financial literacy. I would learn about how to have money turn into more money, right? They call it, they say, you know, get your, get your cash pregnant, right? I will learn how the money can make some cash babies or whatever, right? I will learn how to structure myself. Um, I will learn about sometimes the thing, okay, the things that people are afraid of are probably the things that you need to learn. Sometimes, like I got a friend of mine, she's like, oh, I want to make more money, I want to make more money, I want to make more money. I'm like, well, you're a very talented hair, hairstylist. Why don't you start your own business? Well, that sounds like a lot. I don't want to do that. I just want to do more hours. Cool. So she's going to keep doing more hours working for someone else because she thinks starting the whole thing is more painful. But actually the thing, actually her idea of not wanting to start the whole thing that is painful is the thing that's going to give her more money and give her more opportunity and actually reward her more. But she'd rather do the easy thing or the more convenient thing and just think I'm going to just work more hours. And she will make more money, but she's going to work more hours, which really is the less valuable thing. If she took that time to learn how to start a business, learn how to uh, lease a shop, you know, she already knows what equipment to go in there. She already knows how to do the thing, right? So now she might just hire one person. So if she hires one person, right? That person maybe gonna pay, you know, her rent on a chair. So that's revenue that might go to paying the lease. Now she's gonna have the same split that she might have for the person she's working for. She could put that same split in effect for the person that's gonna be working for her. Yeah. She doesn't necessarily have to quit her job. She could stay working there, but now on the, out, the day that she's not working, always she's not working on her job, she has her own thing that she could be building and making a little bit more money. And then once she get the momentum and start doing that, she can decide whether she wants to start working at her job and just go full-time in her own business doing the exact same thing. She's trading time for, for money. But I'm saying, the things right now, people know, what are you afraid of? What haven't you done? What are things that, that you know that, will probably improve your business that you're just ignoring. These are all things that you can learn to improve your life, start making more money, and at the same time, potentially monetize. I know that when I didn't understand credit, I was the only person that didn't understand credit. If you look it up, I think over 200 million Americans have bad credit. Yes. That means 
that's a problem that needs to be solved. That means we have, someone, we have a lot of problems with incentive structures, I think. That's what I'm saying. So someone can learn that, fix their own situation, and then monetize that and help someone else. You know what I'm saying? Well, it sounds like you're you're more along the lines of taking personal responsibility. Stop waiting for someone to give you something. Take the action so you can make it happen. Yeah, I mean, though, I think the the years of the government actually doing something for the people, at least in America, I don't know how it is in other countries because I live here, I think are over. I feel like, you know, I, where's the leadership at, bro? You know what I'm saying? Not a lot of, not a lot of good options. You know what I'm saying? And, no. you know, I'm a, you know, if you had a business right now, or you do have a business, but if you were hiring, let's say, a CEO, you know, maybe maybe um, uh, Charlie Munger and Warren Buffett are outliers, but for the most part, you're not going to hire an 80-plus-year-old, 90-plus-year-old to run your business. <laughs> so so that's what we have running the country. We got an 80-plus-year-old fumbling and bumbling running the country. So would you hire someone like that to run your ship? Not as a... If you're a 20-year-old... No, I wouldn't let... I Listen, I wouldn't let... That person, I wouldn't, I'll say his name, Biden. I wouldn't let Biden watch my dog. Dude. Well, that's what I'm trying to say. So, like, Charlie Munger and, uh, you know, Warren Buffett are outliers, right? They're, they're still sure. running and gunning and making things happen and actually still very involved in their businesses, you know what I'm saying, on a level that they want to be involved. But typically, you're not going to have a 25-year-old, 30-year-old that has a business that's looking for a CEO to kind of run their ship so they can do other things. They're not looking to hire an 80 year old or a 90 year old. They're looking to hire someone that understands the future of business. And that's what the country needs. They need someone that, think about this. Okay, the Celtics have a 35 year old, I think it's 35, maybe 34, head coach. Yeah. So he's young. He got the energy. He's vibrant. He's going to be up on the latest and greatest, maybe conditioning, maybe systems, maybe, you know, maybe uh, training. You know, he has uh, a plethora of, different opportunities and resources that's available to him. And he has he has a fortitude to want to like tap generations that maybe have the experience and bring them on the team. I want someone younger that has the energy, that has the wherewithal, um, that wants the actual job, not just, okay, well, he's the best option we got. You guys vote for the best option. You're not going to do that I, in I, a corporation. To your point, I don't, you know, from political, I don't know the I don't, I don't think we're ever going to get that. You know, we're not. But I'm just saying, that's the structure. Yeah, that, that is the structure. Yeah. And, and I, I think, again, that's why I thought that reparations conversation that we were having w was interesting um, because I'm not going to sit around and wait for anyone to give yeah, me anything. I agree with that, yeah. As I think, generally speaking, anytime someone's going to give you something, not 100%, but generally speaking, if someone gives you something and, and, and it's free, I always feel like there's some sort of catch. There's some sort of reason. Like, I mean, it's, what's, what's yeah, it's, the... I, I, I agree with that, bro. I agree with that. What's the purpose? So anyway, I'd, I'd like to see, for sure, financial literacy as a whole, it's gotta, it's, there's got to be a massive shift. There just has to be. And, you know, it's not that hard at this point. You can pick up a book. You can watch YouTube videos. Yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, I thought it was a, a, a great take. You know, we got to get... Gotta get more education, man. You gotta, nah, yeah, and you gotta want to do it, man. I think so. Uh, Ramel, um, um, the uh, Mo mogul millionaire, Ramel, um, he says something that was um. Actually, hold on. Let me. I want to make sure I say his name right. Right. Ramel was on a podcast. Shout out to Ramel Diaz Boone and Smitty the Goat. Uh, Ramel was on a podcast, right? And then what happened was this. 
he talked about creating, right, a family mastermind, bro. I thought I thought it was a family mastermind. Yo, so Ramel Newell's um, mogul lifestyle on um, underscore on on Instagram. He talked about the idea of creating a family mastermind. So, my family, I know financial literacy. I know, let's say, the power of insurance. I know how to make, let's say, 50000 a month or whatever I know. I'm set up properly. I'm good. Okay, cool. You're my brother, right? Family meeting, let's say, it's me, you, our wives. We got those cousins that everyone's an adult. I'm set up. So monthly meetings, let's get everyone set up. Let's get everyone's credit right. Let's get everyone you know, trust going. Let's get everyone, uh, you know, uh, LLC business structures the correct way. Let's get everyone the things we need. Now the family is set up proper. We can all leverage one another. You know, so yeah. let, let, you can be an employee of my business, so I be employee of your business, whatever the case may be. Now we're all a pillar. We're all in position. The foundation is strong. And then every single month we look to make sure every family member has the minimum pillars of what we need to be successful that's going to change the dynamic of the family trajectory. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I thought it was phenomenal. And uh, shout out to him and Smitty and Diaz Boom. They, you know, they got this uh, two-year uh, millionaire strategy that I think is 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 phenomenal. Uh, so, like, learning from people like that. But I think, man, it has to start from the family, bro. Because if you're sending your kid to college, I don't have any kids. But if you're sending your kids to school, you know they ain't teaching them what they need to learn. They just really just giving them history that's not even the real history. They're giving them calculus. We don't need that calculus to move a group in real life. It's up to, you know, you as a parent or you as a stepbrother or uncle, whatever, aunt, to instill in our younger generation what we need to actually know what's really important and, and how to respect money, how to use money, how to, um, you know, use credit. You know, the importance of investing. Bro, I wish I had a dad um, in my life or if my mom was around or if my grandmother didn't pass or whatever the case might be. Or I was just around, you know, the type of people I was around earlier. So I could have been doing this for 10 years or 20 years. I've been set up. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, it's important. A lot of the things that we are doing is just because we don't know. You know, the same information been around forever. And now since we're in 2023, it's like you said earlier, it's way easier to acquire. You can search, yeah, we have, we you have can the, search whatever you want. It's going to come up. Yeah, we have the commoditization of, of information. Yeah. And, and, and frankly, it, we talked about this in, in part one of this episode here. AI has completely changed the game. Everything has been completely disruptive. So if there was ever a chance yeah. to, to flip the script and to actually make that money and, 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 and move up the, I guess, the social hierarchy or whatever, the financial hierarchy. Now's the time. You know, people, fortunes are not made during the uptimes. Fortunes are made during the downtimes, yeah. right? When, when, when the, when the, that's when the opportunities are made. So anyway, I appreciate you sharing that. I think that's a, a, a strong take because uh, I don't think that anybody's going to care about me and my family more than me and my family. I don't, I don't know why people think that, that that's the case, right? I definitely don't think any of my damn politicians care about me. No, nah, they don't. They just care about uh, where you're flowing your vote and where your money's going. Right. And they just want to keep, they just want to be relevant enough during the times where they need you to take action, to take action so they can stay in their position. Right. If they change the structure and it literally was just like, yo, 
voting don't matter. And they just was like, we don't need your votes to stay in office. You wouldn't even, we, they, they wouldn't even need us no more. Yeah. It's only because it's the veil of democracy. And that's not to say on a local government, you know, your vote counts because it does count. I think when it's higher, it's, it's more of like the show, you know what I'm saying? It's more like participation. But if they literally out, if they literally just rem removed having to vote to get in office, they wouldn't even necessarily need us. They would just be making laws that's going to benefit them, and it is it is what it is. That's, with, the, that's the monarchy until yeah. uh, until you have a revolution and you know Mel Gibson fights the English. It's, it's, it's hard to do a revolution, man, when everyone's indoctrinated by you know selfishness, and it's not even it's a bad thing. But you care about your family. I care about my family. We're, we're being um, desensitized or actually want to care about each other. The first thing somebody does is pull out their phone, not go help somebody. Oh, forget about it. You know what I'm saying? So it's hard for us to come together. Like, but the, 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 the revolution, just on that revolution, the revolution is historically always happened. There's always been bloodshed. And this is the thing that's crazy to me when we look at where, where we are. It feels to me like we feel like we're the smartest we finally figured it out. You know, the last thousands of years, whatever, of humans, they didn't get it, but we get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're so smart. We've got, we figured it all out. And I just feel like we're so, we're getting so high sniffing our own farts that we're going to walk right into a meat grinder. And that's think, the type yeah. of stuff that scares me. I think, it's, I think we're less smart because we're more easy to be controlled because we're just so inundated with things to control us. I feel like when it was in the early 2000s or the 90s, it was harder for people to be controlled because it was less ways for them to be controlled by. Well, sure, the phone controls You got the phone, everything. you got the internet, you got social media, you know what I'm saying? The Neuralink, which is cool. You, you got all these things that are drawing your attention away from things, like before, think post-internet. If you, if I wanted to talk to you post-internet and I called you, you would pick up the phone. Because you know, if I miss Brendan's phone call at 8 p.m., I'm not gonna be able to talk to him. Right. Now, you can easily miss my phone call, easily not check the message, Easily just be distracted. It's almost like rude to get a call from someone sometimes, you're, right? Like, you, know, you know, you know, you know, it's definitely you're like, who's calling me? I didn't believe about this call. One hundred percent. And 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 I think that's the problem, man. You know what I'm saying? Like that's and it's not no one's fault. It's it's all by design. The things that are way easier for us, we just do, and it actually it actually makes it harder for us to connect and be available for certain things. We get so used to like, okay, you know what? I'm gonna just talk to this person, I'm sending a DM. Yeah, yeah. You can, yeah. Have, you can literally have no conversation, you can literally have no test points, and that can get you the result of maybe meeting this person. That might've been a week, two weeks, three weeks. Which is, you know, in-, in Which is great. Which, by the way, I see people post this stuff a lot where it's like, when it comes to AI and computers, and people will say stuff like, yeah, well, people will always want that human-to-human -human connection. And and I don't disagree, yeah. but I'm 40. I grew up without the internet. I grew up, you know, I don't know that that's true. My prediction is in 10 years, 50% of humans are going to be dating chatbots. That's I, what I, I think. I'm trying to date a chatbot, bro. <laughs> I'm not trying to date a chatbot. Listen, if you're available, um, woman of high value, uh, my Instagram is at Boyd. Feel free to jump in the DMs. Let's get it going. I don't want no chatbots, man. That's fair. So we'll close no. it at that. Unless you want chatbots, then you can hit me. <laughs> Thanks for the insights, Brad. Yeah, appreciate it. It's been amazing. Make sure you guys tap in with the After Hours Entrepreneur Podcast. It's one of the best out here doing it. 
tap in, get on the show or support the show, share this with as many people as possible. Let's go.